0: Although Hal Ashby directed a remarkable string of acclaimed and widely admired classics throughout the 70s, including Harold and Maude, The Last Detail, Shampoo, Coming Home and Being There, he is often overlooked amid the crowd of luminaries from his generation. Amy Scott's moving portrait explores this curious oversight using rare archival material, interviews, personal letters, and audio recordings to reveal a passionate, obsessive artist. Ashby, as was a Hollywood director who constantly clashed with Hollywood... But it was also unique, had a unique soul and an unprecedented insight into the human condition. Included in this film are such people as Jane Fonda, John Voigt, Lee Grant, Jeff Bridges, David O. Russell, Judd Apatow, and Alexander Payne. It is a remarkable documentary, and it is great to see the recognition uh, come to the fore for a, for a filmmaker like Hal Ashby. And we're so lucky to have with us the director of Hal, and that would be Amy Scott. Amy, welcome to Film School.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. My
0: pleasure. Thank Yes, it is just really wonderful. I, I often think of, uh, you know, sort of the the residue of, of Hal Ashby's life as this last chapter of films that were not quite as successful commercially and also the stories of his sort of unraveling near the end of his life. I'm so glad mm-hmm. this documentary um, sets the record straight in terms mm-hmm. of who he was, what he was, and, and the, his work throughout his career. Tell me a little bit about how you got so interested in Hal Ashby that you wanted to do a documentary about him.
1: You know, um, touching on the the mythology of of his unraveling. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I read all that. St- I read those books, and, and I and I I don't know. Like, I I always kind of knew like it doesn't add up. Like, I don't think that you can make all those really brilliant films and then just, just turn around and and just like turn into a. a you of junkie or whatever and drop out like that just doesn't I don't know it didn't it didn't it didn't jive for me and so I always felt like there was more to the story um, and I, I mean I, I study I study seventies well c- culture but uh cinema and you know the, the new Hollywood filmmakers and I love those films that's my favorite era of films ever and and so all of those guys I. I love, I mean, Altman, Cassavetes, Alan, Alan Pecula, you know, there's, there's, there's so many, but, um, but Ashby, I thought, was so interesting because he made all of these really great films, but nobody ever connected the dots because he wasn't like, I mean, you watch a Cassavetes film and you know that, it, and you immediately know because of the style, is very similar in everything, or Woody Allen, like there always, there's a way that he makes films that's very similar. Right. I don't think that Ashby did that um, because and for whatever reasons, who's you know just driven by different things. So each film, as it sort of stands on its own, as a very. I mean, there's definitely connected tissue. Yeah, it's not something where you'd say that's not who are making the same. You know, these very stylistic films. But I thought that was interesting. And then I, I read Nick Dawson's book, and I, I then his whole you know his personal life really uh, connected with that you know some of the things that that he experienced growing up and uh, just being an editor. Yeah, there was then it all kind of came it all sort, of sort of hit me like I cannot believe there is there's not like a definitive portrait on this man. Yeah. So there, there needed to be.
0: Well, what was your first step in terms of uh, did you approach someone who knew him? Did you I mean, there's so there are some great people in the film Norman Jewison, Robert Jones, uh Haskell Wexler, Jeff Wexler. What, was, there a, was there a person that sort of opened the door to other people or how did you get into that sort of yeah. this side of his life?
1: No, I mean, that was, I think the first thing I did, I, I know what I did was I, I tracked down Nick Dawson.
0: You know, they wrote the book right. and I was like,
1: hey, uh, so I want to do a movie. And he was like, cool, what have you done before? And I was like, absolutely nothing. <laughs> and so he was like, oh. Okay, so it was like I'm sure he was like, "Who is this crazy lady calling me?" But we you know we talked over ideas on the phone. I, I can remember pacing around my backyard very vividly, trying to explain the approach, and and uh, yeah, and so and then he, you know, finally won him over, and then he put me in touch with. He's like, "All right, you got to call, you got to call the estate, and then you got to go over to the estate," and that was terrifying. So, um, you know, I did a bunch of research and put together you know, like a a pitch and, and treatment and a lookbook and all those things, materials that, that you have on hand to try to win someone over when you don't have a body of work to show. I mean I had I had edited a lot of films and a lot of documentaries and I directed small things but I'd never you know this is my directorial debut. So that was there was a bit of a yeah. bit of a hurdle. Yeah. <laughs> but um and I was super pregnant, so I must have just looked insane. But uh, it, whether I don't know what it was that worked, but everyone started to trust me, probably because I was obsessive about it and it was going to happen regardless. So they started helping me, and once we got, you know, like I reached out to uh, Griff, who was um, Hal's girlfriend. Um, she's the, a kind of very attractive blonde woman in the film. She yeah. was very helpful. She she got us in touch with Rosanna Arquette, and it's like once you kind of start unlocking. Some of those key people, um, and then it became it became relatively easy because everyone loved Hal, and they had not been asked about Hal in years, and they were really excited to talk about their friend. So when I started to realize that was the case, there was you know kind of tweak the pitch a little bit, and it, and it was very easy.
0: Yeah did did you feel like a lot of that had to do with, right, um, sort of writing the wrong of how. How it was perceived uh, at, at the end of his, his life. or, or, or with, I mean, it sounds like genuine love and that they will want to be a part of it. But it was some motivation to just sort of make sure that people understood really truly who he was and what he was about.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'll say that now, now that the film is over. Yeah, definitely. There was a large part of that. It, it always sounded strange coming out of my mouth. Like, who am I to try to write some raw? I don't know. Something about it like sounded really juvenile when yeah. I was in, in production. Like, I'm going to take on this <laughs> But no, secretly, of course. I thought it was total bullshit and none of it made any sense and didn't jive with the research that I had done. Yeah. Uh, so I felt like, yeah, of course, if there's a byproduct of like, you know, shedding some light on what actually happened, then great.
0: Yeah, and let's, let's walk through, because these are some of my favorite films. I, I mean, yeah. Harold and Maude is just a, such, a, it's such a precious little film. It feels like this, could, this is a film that could have gone so many different ways wrong and yet everything about it, in in my opinion, is, is so delicate and so well done and so touching and such an oddball approach to the material, I mean, to even the material itself. I just find it, it, it remarkable that it got done and it got done so well.
1: Yes. Uh, it's funny, we, there's a line that we did not include. We used to have it in our movie, but we took it out, um, where Adam McKay is like, to make a film like Harold and Maude alone is so ballsy. <laughs> so <laughs> it, He's right. It's crazy that they did that. They pulled it off. Um, the only thing that that they that was that went wrong was the marketing campaign. Right. I mean, once they had their hands, they completely screwed it up.
0: You know what I would almost say you're right, and it's horrible that that happened, but I would almost say, having lived through that period of time and know know what it was, it actually helped it in some way because it became such a cult and this is an overused sort of you know abused word, but it became such a cult classic it It was almost the way it should have been marketed, even think, though they didn't I, intend it that way there was
1: no way that was going to be a commercial like. It's like a Christmas time hit. Right. Of course, it's a midnight movie that you, it's a midnight movie that runs for three years straight. Like
0: right. And and if you if you aren't touched by the story and about the characters, I I I feel sorry for you because it, it's just such okay. a well done film. But beyond after he got through that and all the trials and tribulations, we get into how he was an obsessive. I'm I'm not surprised that as an editor that you were that somehow uh, sort of cosmically attracted to a director who was such an accomplished editor who who's yeah. sort of it sounds like really he was an editor first and a director second in some ways. Is that fair? Is that fair to him?
1: I would say that. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, on my like small scale project, you know, experience, but but having you know like twenty years of it in the edit bay, there's just this, there's a personality type that that sits in a dark room for days. You know, <laughs> and I get that, and I am that person, and I and I the, when I started to hear these audio tapes of him yeah. and his like. Kind of those like, oh, he's almost ranting at you, but he's like, every time you sit down in front of a goddamn reel and you pull (laughs) it, I I felt like, yes, I know that feeling. And and you're willing to sacrifice a lot to stay in that room to make your thing really good. And it's just not everybody can do that. And, And maybe it's not always the best choice for your life. Long term, you know, emotionally, um, but I but I got it and, it, and it was something that was really really important to me yeah. that that we uh, highlight.
0: Yeah, a- and and uh, by the way, we're speaking with Amy Scott, and she is the director of a wonderful documentary that's coming out through Oscilloscope, and it'll be in theaters uh, here in Los Angeles uh, on the fourteenth of September. It's called Hal, just simply Hal. It's about Hal Ashby, and if you don't know who he is, you really owe it to yourself to find out about him. I mentioned Harold and Maude. The last detail is, it contains, within it, uh, one of Jack Nicholson's finest roles, a spectacular uh, uh, performance on his part. In Shampoo, you have one of Warren Beatty's best performances. In Coming Home, you have John Voight's best performance. In Being There, you have, in my opinion, Peter Sellers' best performance, uh, with all due respect to uh, Dr. Strangelove, but... I, the, he was in addition to all the other things that he was great at he was able to get some fantastic performances out of his of, out of his actors. Talk a little bit about that what I mean is that your impression am I, am I overstating that yeah. a little bit?
1: No not at all um, I think my hypothesis as to why look those people are all incredible they're they're just great actors like that's that's point a
0: yeah
1: so i think that they and every single person we talked to about how the on the actor side um they loved him so much because he didn't like he had a, such a gentle hand yeah you know um he wasn't this dictatorial influence like he was up for experimenting he was up for improvisation he trusted those guys to if they had an idea, he let them do it. And yeah. even if he was if he was going to come out of his ass because he'd gone over budget or over schedule, it didn't matter, and he would take the hit. He did it every single time. Yeah. So I felt like those every act. I mean, Jane Fonda, Jeff Bridges, John Boyd—they all were so passionate about his willingness to collaborate with them and give them ownership over the role. I could. I mean, they couldn't. They couldn't help, but.
0: You know they want to do their best right. performance. Right. Well. More. Well. The last minute I have with you, I, I just in terms of the film. By the way, we're speaking with Amy Scott. She's the director of the film. Hal. It is in theaters today on September fourteenth. Check this out. It's hard to say what's the takeaway, but something you learned about Hal Ashby who in my mind is sort of a kindred spirit of of people like Robert Altman. There are people like him that were in this era, that grew up in this era, that were willing to trust their instincts and the the people that they surrounded themselves with. Is there something about him that you learned that that either surprised you or just made you feel good to be alive? I mean, what what was it that you came away from?
1: Well, the films already did that. I I think the, the most surprising thing was when I started reading these letters I couldn't believe because he he seemed so gentle and very this very hysterical hippie kind of a soft guy, you know, really thoughtful. And but then you would read these memos that he fired off to like you know the head of Paramount. Yeah, they were so wicked and and just laced with the the most acerbic but yet really clever um, phrases that that I thought it was so completely punk rock. That he has the balls to do that, but also just really—he's um, really funny. Yeah, like the guy—he he had such a sharp sense of humor. And then when—and then I would, you know, of course these films are all so funny, but they're dark funny. Yeah. And so in his writing is where he really came alive for me.
0: Well, it is a fantastic documentary. I really, really loved it. I loved it for all the reasons that we've been talking about. I loved it for so many of the things, including the people that you have in the film, Robert Town, Haskell Wexler, Norman Jewison, all these people who loved him, and it comes across in the film. Uh, just great work, and congratulations on your debut as a uh, as a, uh, documentary filmmaker, Amy uh, Scott. This is really great stuff. Uh, come back again. Make another great movie. Come back. Yeah. I'd love to talk to you some more, and uh, thank you so much for being here. Again, the, the film is How. We've been speaking with the director, Amy Scott. Thank you.